Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. God never disappoints. He's always faithful. Last week we kicked off a new series called Go, based off the Great Commission, Go into all the world and make disciples. And this is our hope for our church, that we would not just be a strong body of believers who gathers on a Sunday. And it is great to gather, to be here together to corporately exalt God and to lift up his name. But it doesn't stop here. We come here to glorify him. We come here to be filled with his presence, to allow the Holy Spirit to settle on us, to fill us, to impart something into our lives that we can then take into our world. And Dan and I and maybe Carissa, somebody this week, were chatting about it here in the offices And we're saying the first place we should carry this is into our homes. That we should take what we gather here in the house of God and we should go into our homes. We should impart it into our children. We should encourage them to walk in the ways of the Lord. And that should be our first place of mission, to go into our families. That we wouldn't just leave it to a school, to a church. You know, this should be secondary to what you're doing in your homes that your home should be the first place of impartation, of teaching, of growth for your family, that they should then come here as well and hear it on a secondary level. It should be a a re-impartation. It should be a reinforcement of what they've already heard within our homes, that we would take what we've got here into our families and then into our workplaces, into our universities, into into the marketplace, wherever we find ourselves, that we should take what we've gathered here in the house of God and we should give it away, that we should allow ourselves to hear his voice like never before. You know, in a couple of weeks, we've got a guest um, preacher coming called Lachlan Jones, and he's a pastor up in Tweed Heads, and he is a massive evangelist. He is incredible. Um, I didn't really know much about him. Dan said, we've got this guy coming and I was like, start following him on Instagram, get to know a bit of his story via Instagram. And um, they also have fostered a little girl. So we feel like our paths have kind of connected in the right kind of way and hearing their story and then them hearing ours as well. And, but he, he has made it his mission to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and to boldly act upon it. And it's not easy and it takes so much courage to step out. And I want, and we're going to talk about this later, I'm more happy for the Holy Spirit to speak to me about a stranger in Woolworths than I am for him to say, pray for someone in your workplace. Like that's a whole new level of trust and confidence and please don't hate me or think I'm a weirdo kind of kind of thing. But he's made it his mission to hear and to act and obey. And I was reading about one of his posts where he's kind of settled within his heart that he doesn't want to ever order food on Uber Eats and not actually meet the driver in person and speak to them about what he feels the Holy Spirit has spoken clearly about this Uber driver. 
And so that's, he's, he's practicing the art of evangelism, that he's going to put himself out there, doesn't matter who he is, to hear and to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. So he's going to inspire us in a couple of weeks' time and no doubt challenge us. And, and I want to be challenged. I don't just want to be a minister here on a Sunday. And each and every one of us are actually called to be ministers, to minister the life and the love of the Holy Spirit that other people around us would feel that they are ministered to when they encounter us, that they would receive something of the goodness of God when they meet us. And today I want to speak about this incredible uh, man in the Bible who allowed himself to be a minister to Saul, who eventually becomes Paul. And the title of my message this morning is Be Like Ananias. And I'm going to read through this passage in Acts 9, and it's a little bit of a devotion this morning, so I'm going to read a a bit of the story, and then we'll chat about it, and then read a bit more and see where the Holy Spirit takes us. So Acts 9, 1 to 19 this morning, reading from the ESV. It says, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them, uh, bring them bound to Jerusalem. So here we have this character, Saul, who absolutely hates anybody who is following Jesus. And he has gone to the high priest to say, look, if I find anyone who's doing that, give me permission to persecute them. Give me permission to tie them up and bring them bound to Jerusalem. And here is a character that you think he is the furthest person away from ever experiencing God or coming into salvation. And you and I would know those people, people that you think, my goodness, this person is so far away. I can't even imagine a time where this person might come into faith in Jesus. But no one is too far gone. In Isaiah 59.1, it says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. You know, God, you think of someone drowning who needs rescuing. He, you know, that, you, that classic scene where someone's falling off a cliff or jumped in the water and they can't quite be saved because the person can't quite reach them. Well, that is not the picture of our God. His arm is not too short that he cannot reach down to the person who is in the lowest of lows, who is so far away in our natural understanding of where their heart might be. But God sees everybody within reach. And that you even think of someone like Saul, where the disciples would have thought there's no way this person could ever come to faith and that person in your life that you might think God is sending me to help them that person is not so far gone that God cannot reach them and do something powerful within their life continuing in verse 3 it says now as he Saul went on his way he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground he heard a voice saying to him Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. And that is the name we preach, Jesus, 
the only name by which man can be saved, the only name and the name that has no rival, the name that has no equal, the powerful name of Jesus that one day every knee will bow to and every tongue shall confess that He is the Lord. And that is the message we proclaim, the name of Jesus that brings peace, that brings hope, that brings answer, that brings salvation, that brings redemption the redemptive story of our past, the pieces that you look back and think, you know, I'd rather them totally be forgotten about, but He is the one that redeems them, that brings order, that brings salvation, that brings hope to every situation. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were travelling with Him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. And Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple. Now there was a piece of the puzzle. A disciple. You and I, if you declare that you are a disciple here today, then you are the piece in somebody's puzzle. None of us are the complete answer. Only Jesus is the complete answer. But his messengers are you and I, his ambassadors into the world to declare him. And he was a disciple, someone who was willing to be used by God. And I pray that that is our prayer, that you and I will be disciples, people who are willing to be used by God. A disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. May that be our response. And this is what Dan preached last week. Here I am, Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. You know, we're not perfect people but we are part of God's answer for the world. And that's our prayer and our hope as we go through this um, season of go, that that would be our response. Here I am. I'm not going to get it right all the time. I'm not going to hear your voice clearly all the time. I'm going to stuff it up at points. At points I may even be an embarrassment to you, Lord. But I want to throw myself at you and say, here I am, because I understand that the world is lost that I have something that the world needs and how can I keep this hidden? What is the point of having a light and then putting a cover over the top of it so nobody can see it? There is no point for that, but disciples throw off that shade cover and they say, I have a light that the world needs. Even last week as Dan dimmed the lights in the service and at first before we all shone our little lights he just had this one here and it, it just the picture that I have was this lighthouse of people sailing in an ocean of darkness but there is a light there is a beacon of hope that points the way to Jesus it says follow me because I have an answer follow me because I have a hope not follow me because I've worked it all out and I'm somehow self-righteous or made it not at all Follow me because I know how imperfect I am, how much even in salvation I need him desperately on a daily basis because I have an answer, because I have this pearl of great price. I have something, this treasure, and I don't want to keep it hidden within me. So follow me. Here I am. You know, this song we sang praise this morning. How could I keep this inside? 
this hope that I've got. You know, we told Ollie that we were singing that song this morning. We have that song on repeat to the death in our home because it's his absolute favourite song. He calls it, Oh My Soul. And every time we get in the car, Oh My Soul, you play Oh My Soul. So we hear that song. It's like, oh, may I never hear this song again. But he loves it. So to hear it like live this morning, he thought, that was the best. And then he's got a few others. He's got his own little playlist on our Spotify account. And so then he's like, we play Lion next. And I'm like, no, they're not singing Lion this morning. We sing gospel. No, we're not singing gospel this morning, mate. We're not the authors of the run sheet of the worship set. So we just let the worship team just deal that. So thanks, Barty. We know it was for Jesus, but thanks for adding that one this morning as well. Um, So reading from verse 11, and the Lord said to him, rise and go to the the street called straight. And as I read that, that that word straight jumped out at me and I tried to kind of, what was the significance? Why have you added that? And I couldn't really find an answer about why the street name was called. But as soon as I read it, just the thing within my heart, make straight the way of the Lord. And that's our job. That was the job You know, the voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. That's our job, to prepare a way for him, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places are plain. And that is my prayer, that the tripping hazards that people have to encountering Jesus, that we would help to straighten the path, that we would help to lay a platform that prepares the way for people to come in. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. There are people who are praying. There are people who are seeking in our community. There are people who are looking. You know, Dylan even testified last week that he was looking for an answer. He didn't know where to find it or who it was. And he tried this and he tried that and he tried different avenues, but nothing satisfied. Nothing met the deep need within his heart until he encountered Jesus. And this is my prayer that the right people at the right time would come across our paths. And, and, And for you as well, you need to know that you haven't just been commanded with a job and not have the training for it. You know, God walks with you and he helps you and the right people at the right place come into your life to help you and to guide you as well. You know, when I had my freak out medical episode in September last year, I encountered this like never before. The day that Dan took me to the hospital, even though I was told him, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. He's like, you're not fine. You need to go to the hospital. And arriving there, there was two people who came. So we went into emergency. They took me in straight away, took my bloods, all of that. By this stage, I was pretty much unconscious. So didn't really know what was happening, who was there, who was not there. And two lady uh, members of the hospital staff were there. And they later told Dan that neither of them were rostered on to be there that morning. Neither of them should have been there, but both had to come for different reasons, for different meetings. And on seeing my blood work, both rushed to help me. 
And one of them, Dan, was like, that woman absolutely saved your life today. And it was the right people in the right time. And God orchestrates that. And he sends to you the right people at the right time for two reasons, to help you, to minister to you, to guide you. But he also sends the right people at the right place who are praying like Saul was, who are seeking, who are needing help. And it's my prayer that God would lead those people in front of us, that those people would come into our view and we would go, these are the people who are praying like Saul was. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. So Ananias' first response was, here I am, send me. So God's like, okay, I'll send you. But then he's like, hang on, hang on. That's not actually what I agreed to when I said, here I am, send me. I thought it would be somebody who was a little bit easier than that. And there is fear and there is doubt, and there is uncertainty, and there is embarrassment, and there is all of that that comes to being used by God. And that's okay, because you know what? I'm in the same boat too. I want him to speak to me, and I equally don't want him to speak to me. I want him to use me, but only in the way that feels comfortable to me. That's not going to place me so far out of my comfort zone that I'm going to feel like if this fails... If this doesn't work, if you ask me to pray for someone and they don't get healed, I'm in the most awkward spot. Like, what do I do? Do I just back away? Do I just slink off to the side? I don't know, but I'm embarrassed and I'm awkward and I feel like I haven't done you a good service, Lord. I don't know. I don't know all the answers, but I'm in the same boat too. So we'll help each other and we'll think about each other when we're in the awkward spots. And it's okay to feel like that. And I know God has grace for us in those times. But I don't want to be ashamed of the gospel, of this good news that I have received. I want to give it away generously to others. But the Lord said to him, go. And that's what he's saying to you and I in this season today. I know you're afraid I know you have doubts, I know you have concerns, but go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. God has a plan and a purpose for the people around us, so we need to go, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Lucky you, Saul, Paul. So Ananias departed and entered the house, so he did it. He obeyed and he went. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptised and taking food, he was strengthened. May the scales fall off the eyes of the people around us. May they see Jesus. May they see him. And for some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. You know, these people who come into our church, who come into our lives, may we have the grace, the capacity, the time to allow them to be gathered to our side, to spend time with us as his disciples, learning the ropes, 
learning what it is to be a Christian. You know, I think the world has this viewpoint of us trying to convert them and it's, it's sickly and it's horrible, like as though there's some imaginary tally in the sky of all the religions. Yes, we got one. Yes, you got one. I, I don't want that. The picture of people knocking on doors to try and convert people. It's, it's horrible. I don't want to convert you for a tally in the sky. I want you to come to know the life-giving power of Jesus that I have discovered. And when you do, when the scales are lifted, when you see him, I want you to be by my side so I can show you what I've learnt in my journey. And immediately, this is Saul, he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. And that is our hope that people would come to the realisation that he is the son of God. You know, the name Ananias means God's gracious gift. And Ananias was God's gracious gift to Saul, who later becomes Paul. And may you and I be God's gracious gift to everybody around us, that when they experience us, they will experience a peace of God. You know, we've all got different works. We've all got seeds that we can scatter. It's God who brings the increase. We just give away the bits that we have and we leave God to do the rest. We take the pressure off that we are the people who have to go out and save. That's not our job. God is the one who saves. Jesus through the cross is the one who saves and redeems. It's our job just to go and to obediently follow and say, here I am. He's something that I've got. It might not be a, might not be a whole lot in our eyes, but to somebody who is praying, to somebody else who is seeking, for somebody else who is hoping that someone would give them a smile, a text message, it doesn't matter what it is. You hear of someone in your workplace who is experiencing a great difficulty, who can't afford their grocery bill. And you go, you know what, I've got to spare $50 this week. Maybe I could just buy them a Woolies card with a note, was thinking about you this week. Here's a $50 card. Really hope this helps. Praying for you. Love, Ali. Leave it on their desk. Might not seem a whole lot, but to those who are seeking and praying and calling out, somebody help me. It's a massive help and a massive opening of the heart. You know, the, the gift gives way for the giver to speak life, to speak joy and to speak hope. You might not consider yourself to be an evangelist, but each of us have been called to do the work of the evangelist. In 2 Timothy 4.5, it says, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. You know, we need to work at it. It's something that we need to be intentional at. Is something that we need to practice. I know I need to practice this more and more. And it's my genuine, and I do believe that God knows our hearts, that he knows we want to do it, that he knows that we want to give away the hope that we, has, we have received. And it's our hope that today and through this season that you would sense a spark within your own heart. I don't know what I'm doing but I want to work at telling others the good news. I want to share the gospel. I want to fully carry out the ministry that God has given me. Here, 
in our church, to my family and to the world around me. I might invite Hendo back on keys this morning. We're just going to spend a few minutes in his presence and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us with something to give away, to even think about someone in our life who might need the hope that we have. You know, it might be a stranger that you see at the petrol station. That might be the right person at the right time. But you might even think about someone in your own life, in your own family, in your own workplace, at university, wherever you find yourself day to day and you think, yeah, I think they're seeking. And even in his presence this morning, that God will drop somebody into our heart and then drop a strategy. You know, when Jesus spoke to Ananias, he was very specific about what he wanted him to do, where he needed to go and what action he needed to to do, to lay hands on him and to pray. And I pray this morning that we would hear a name, somebody that we would sense within our heart. You might not hear the audible voice of God, but you feel a prompt within your heart, a prompt within your spirit, a name dropped into your mind. And then the Holy Spirit would speak a specific strategy to us about how we can give away the good news this week. Is it a gift? Is it a message? Is it a quick chat in the staff room? Whatever it might be, God knows because God searches and knows the hearts of every person. He knows the best way forward. He knows what the people around us need and are seeking and are hoping for. And he knows the power of his son's sacrifice which opens the door for everybody to receive salvation. And I want to, as you close your eyes in his presence this morning, I want to read a passage of scripture over you. It's from Isaiah 61. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, and it's upon you this morning, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And the anointing of God rests upon you for lots of reasons. But one of the specific reasons that rests upon you is to bring good news to the poor. He has sent you to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound. And this morning, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed you, because he has called you to bring good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to everybody who is bound. So Lord, we thank you for that anointing today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that comes and rests upon us, that fills us, to go out into all the world and make disciples, to scatter seeds for no other reason than that these scales would fall off people's eyes 
it's not about converting for converting's sake. What would be the point of that? It's so that people would come into relationship with you, that they would see you the way that we have seen you, that their lives would be changed the way that our lives have been changed, that they would find the answer they're looking for, they would find the freedom they are looking for, the hope and the answer, which is Jesus. And this morning, Lord, we don't take for granted that you have saved us, that we were once lost, that we were once blind, that we were once so far from you, but how you came and rescued us, how you saved us through the work of the cross. And we don't take that for granted. May a fresh revelation of the joy of our salvation come upon us this morning. And as we understand afresh all that you've done for us, Lord, that we would so desire to give that away. That church wouldn't just stop here on a Sunday, but we would be the church out in our community. That we would be the church for our family. So we position ourselves here, Lord, and we say, here I am, send me. You know I'm not perfect. You know I'm afraid. You know I have doubts. But you know in my heart of hearts that I want to be used by you to share the good news. So we make room for you here, Lord to fill us to overflowing, that life would just spill from us. They would pour out from us. Lord, for anyone here today who's thinking, I'm just too tired to do it. I've barely got the time and capacity to look after my own life. And Lord, sometimes our minds are so full. and We're so consumed by life around us. Lord, help us to see again people the way that you see them. Let compassion rise up again. That your heart for people would overtake us. That we would hear your voice like never before. That we would obey like never before. Use us, Lord. And as people come in, I pray that as your disciples that we would gather them, that we would help them, that we would watch over them as they grow in your ways. Use us afresh, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.